Hello and welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Chip Thompson and I'm joined as always by MC. That would be me. New voices, new hey, gear, hey. new voices. <laughs> and this is episode 22 of season one of Chip, American Job, part two. Uh, what happened last time, MC? Cat uh, was uh, thinking deeply <laughs> on the subject of bank cards. Because <laughs> uh, she was in a queue at a bank. And then some robbers came in, and she decided that she had to stop them. Because that's she's that's the minor point, though. The bank card is the main yeah, thing, right? Yeah, that's the main thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Kat committed an exciting variety of crimes in her <laughs> quest to bring the criminals to justice. She has enlisted Chip in... Uh, the biggest the... crime of them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they are currently chasing after the bank robbers, who are, of course, in Mini Coopers. Yes. And meanwhile... Meanwhile... Ridley is uh, uh, tracking down or stalking or stalking, stalking with the appropriate stalking, work as yeah. his chip. Uh, um, ben Crops, cop man, Bentley. <laughs> forgot his name. Forgot <laughs> you his said name. like the first syllable of his I name know, and then I still know. forgot it. Well done. Uh, so yes, he's uh, seen him do things like go to the Bronx and take bribes. And he's, again, he's, he's finally coming on board with Chip's theory that maybe this notoriously corrupt cop is notoriously... Uh, corrupt yeah literally, Ridley's literally learned that Bentley is doing all the things he knew he did yeah yeah and he's, he's like huh <laughs> maybe that time I bribed him <laughs> <laughs> well let's find out as we get into the exciting conclusion I, I make no guarantees of American Job part two previously on chip the mundane feel of the bank suddenly got a lot more exciting as three men entered the bank, all wearing dark clothing accompanied by dark balaclavas. They each held an M16 machine gun and one of them fired into the air, causing everyone in the bank, except for Cat, to scream loudly and hit the ground. The men were loading up the money in sacks with great speed. Within seconds, they were heading towards the exit of the bank. Stepping out into the daylight, Kat saw the men enter a van and speed off up the road, making a right turn. She ran across the road into a car park. They weren't going to get away with this. Why not? Because he's a cop. Ridley, I'm not asking you to stab the guy in the back. No, Chip. You're asking me to stalk a member of the law enforcement agency because you've become all paranoid since you stopped a bunch of terrorists from tearing the city apart. They were working for a man named Grant Maloney. Alright bud, I'll do this little assignment for you, following Bentley and all. What is this all about? Bank house just went down. Saw them leaving a van and we're going to track them down. The large doors to the warehouse suddenly opened. Chip pulled Cat behind a dumpster to avoid being seen, and they watched as three brand new Mini Coopers, a red one, a blue one, and a green one, each Mini took a different exit to the opening and drove off. Which one are you going to follow? The green one! Cat started up the engine. Although the driver zipped in around the traffic, making steady progress, he was a calm and assured, unaware that a few car lengths behind, Cat and Chip continued to follow. They had just crossed the city line and were heading towards a different state. You're an enigma, Cat. You really are. We know nothing about you, where you come from, what you do. Maybe I just don't feel like sharing and opening up like some people. He tried to defuse the situation. I sent Ridley out today to follow Detective Bentley. Wanted to see what he does in a day. Guy's got so many of his fingers and so many pies, he's bound to get burnt sooner or later. Plus, if you mention that dang baloney one more time, I will throw you out of this car at the highest speed I can do. This time, there was no emotion in Kat's voice. Chip decided to just let the situation be. 
He didn't want to make things even more dangerous on this assignment. Any loss in focus could prove fatal, and they didn't even know who they were dealing with yet. Petty crooks? And, and something larger. <laughs> Fine, Chip said. The Storkin had led... See, we were right. <laughs> <laughs> the Storkin had led Ridley back to the police station where Bentley worked. Only this time, the detective wasn't going through the front door. Instead, he walked down a side alley. Ridley couldn't follow, so he stood by a hot dog stand on the opposite side of the road and waited. Why couldn't he follow? I guess because it would be too obvious. Oh, because it's the police station. Yeah, and yeah, also, like, right. if you're following... He's going down an alleyway, and yeah. he follows right after. It's pretty obvious that he is stalking him. That's very true, very true. You gonna buy anything, buddy? The hot dog vendor asked in an Indian accent, which we are not gonna do. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, pal. Give me an extra large with everything on it. Ridley, back to his New Yorkian ways of having <laughs> hot dogs. That's all they like out there. It's all they eat, it's hot dogs. The vendor started to make Ridley's hot dog as he continued to keep an eye on the cop station. Cop station! Cop <laughs> shot. <laughs> he didn't want to be waiting outside all day. Stakeouts weren't one of Ridley's favourite activities. Unlike Chip. <laughs> Sorry, it's not even Ridley's. Stakeouts weren't one of Ridley's favourite activities. As it turned out, Ridley's weight wasn't all that problematic. But everything else about this show is. <laughs> Bentley reappeared straight away. And he wasn't alone. Ridley took a bite of his hot dog and started to chew. His jaw then fell open and the chewed up piece of food fell out onto his shoe. His shock continued as Ridley couldn't believe what he was seeing. No way! He said to himself, Hey buddy! The hot dog vendor tried to get Ridley's attention. That's two dollars, you pay now! Without even looking at him, Ridley paid the vendor his two dollars and kept watch of Detective Bentley as he shook the hand of none other than... <gasps> Dwayne McCarthy. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Let me check the wiki. Hang on. It's the man that drugged Cat. Oh. And like put the sort of love spell on right. her. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> right. I'm gonna do that line again, and I want a proper shocked reaction okay, this time. Sure. Okay. Without even looking at him, Ridley paid the vendor his two dollars and kept watch of Detective Bentley as he shook the hand of none other than Dwayne McCarthy. Not the guy who drugged Cat. <laughs> Oh my god! That's better. The man that had drugged and attempted to kill Cat a few months ago. <laughs> Who? We really should just keep reading. Who's Cat? Sorry. <laughs> Dom, who's that? <laughs> the man that Ridley had grappled with in an attempt to thwart him. Ooh, thwart's a good Ooh, word. Good use, yeah. The man that had been arrested and taken to prison for many previous crimes of a similar nature. A man that was now apparently... Free. Thanks to Detective Bentley. Oh, look, he did another bad thing. <laughs> Try to just interact with, even if, because I can't remember exactly, but I think there's a bit where Ridley finds out about Detective Bentley and he's like, oh, you know, bent cop, yada, 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 known for being bad. Well, Ridley is the one who introduced him as a corrupt cop. Yeah. He was like, I had to bribe a freaking corrupt cop to get this. Yeah. But like... Even if you didn't know that, just interacting with Detective Bentley for like five minutes <laughs> while he interacts with you or any other human being. Yeah. When he's like, get me a coffee, toots. <laughs> or give him three minutes, he'll try and frame you for a crime. Exactly. But note, this is all shocking to uh, Ridley. Like, I mean, maybe... Because... I guess it's next level, isn't it? Like, this, this is yeah. a, a very, you know, evil criminal who's just been released by him or whatever. So, yeah. Sure. Also, I'm not sure how a detective gets someone out of prison. 
he, he threatens to frame the, <laughs> the, judge. the prison guard. Yeah. <laughs> Ridley was beginning to think that maybe there was more to this than he first thought. <laughs> I mean, I think Ridley is the detective here. <laughs> Piecing together these subtle clues. Oh, dear. What possible reason could the detective have for releasing a dangerous man like that back onto the street? Ridley watched Dwayne McCarthy make his merry way down the street and then quickly turned his attention back to where Bentley had been standing. But the office of the law had gone. Disappeared. The entire police station (laughs) has just gone. Uh, Ridley's not in New York anymore. (laughs) What's that in his hand? It's not a hot dog, it's a burger! Oh no! Where would he be then? Chicago! (laughs) Would that be pizza? I don't know! I don't know! Okay. (laughs) Clearly... Ridley looked around desperately, but couldn't see him. He made his way across the busy road to investigate his missing cop. After he managed to get across the afternoon New York traffic safely, Ridley walked over to the alley where Bentley had last been standing, next to the police station. He looked up and down the street, but couldn't see him anywhere. Well done, Ridley. He said to himself, You lost... A hand grabbed Ridley, wrapping the palm over his mouth and dragging him into the darkness of the alley. Oh my god. (gasps) How yeah, dark it's been made, I think. <laughs> How dark is the alley if it's in the middle of the afternoon? It's uh, there's it's like a very tall alleyway, and there aren't any lights, so ah, mm-hmm. Ooh. the red convertible Cat had stolen was long gone from New York, still on the trail of the green Mini Cooper that had robbed the bank just a few hours ago. I like how it's phrased like the car itself did the robbery. <laughs> <laughs> it drove in through the bank holding a gun. It was like, put the money in the boot now. I imagine if I ripped off Transformers and actually did that. (laughs) They were now on a quiet road, a long way from home. There, only traffic for miles around, was the car with the thief and the car with Chip and Cat. This was the furthest Chip had been out of the city since he arrived in New York and was almost enjoying the sights of wide-open American soil. Mountains, cliffs and open fields of (laughs) dust and dirt surrounded them. (laughs) I mean, you drive for half an hour outside of the central New York City and it's just an open open land, you know. Maybe the occasional farm. <laughs> Mountains. <laughs> How far have they gone? I really, if anyone, you know, listens to this in America and has a, a simple grasp of American geography. Even rudimentary, bearing, <laughs> looked at a map once. Can you get in touch and let us know how far... Chip and Cat must have driven to see mountains outside of New York. Because I, I, I don't know. I yeah. just don't know. I, I, I still don't know. I didn't know then and I don't know now. We're going to run out of gas soon, Cat said. If we get the chance, put into a gas station. We can't get stranded out here. I don't even know where we're here is. Yeah, clearly we've established this, Chip. Looks sort of familiar to me. Before Chip could ask how that was, the other two Mini Coopers that had been in the warehouse suddenly flanked the red convertible on either side, boxing them in. Chip noticed that somehow they'd managed to get quite close to the green Mini Cooper up ahead. Is this episode sponsored by Mini? <laughs> I mean, I know we've had a lot of sponsors vying for <laughs> vying for us. We can't even get a fucking sponsorship from NordVPN. <laughs> Oh no, even fucking uh, that stupid mobile game. Oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> we just haven't got any sponsorship. That's the thing. I don't think Mini Cooper would be sink low enough <laughs> to sponsor this piece of shit. Don't make eye contact. The ninja said. Just keep your eyes on the road. 
The minis stayed alongside Cat and Chip for a bit before they suddenly tore off the road and headed straight across the open land, throwing up a huge cloud of dust. Keep going, Chip didn't have a chance to finish his sentence. Cat swung the steering wheel hard to the left and drove after the minis. Great, now they know we're after them. Chip said, They knew we were after them anyway. Cat replied, What? How could you? Ah, bollocks. Chip realised, It's an ambush. He looked at Cat, but she continued to keep her eyes dead ahead. Man, Cat is dead straight on stopping these bank robbers, she isn't is. she? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she's drive them straight into an ambush. <laughs> Mind you, I, I mean, for what she knows, they're just three ordinary guys with assault rifles. Yeah, true. And they're in a convertible, so surely they should like drive quicker. Yeah, but I guess if they're boxed in, like... I mean, they're not now though. Yeah, but they're still the minis would like can block the road or something. I still don't think it's a great plan either way. No. Whatever is happening, this is very bad. agreed. Being thrown to the floor of the alley, Ridley felt his knees become grazed. He quickly got to his feet, but was pushed back against the wall of the alley. His dark glasses were thrown off, and his cap swiped away. Want to explain to B why it is you've been following me all day, son? Detective Jack Bentley asked. (gasps) (laughs) Uh, coincidence? Bentley slapped him. You and your friend might think you know what's what in this world, but believe me when I say you have no idea. Now, I don't take too kindly to having my business watched. Bentley slammed his fist hard into Ridley's gut, doubling him over. He followed up by smashing Ridley hard on the jaw, again knocking him to the floor of the alley. As Ridley landed, he mutated out of anger. (laughs) Not the Hulk, not the Hulk. (laughs) The mutation, which had resulted after a demon attack, had affected Ridley in extreme times of stress. He wasn't able to control it. But over time, with Chip's help, Ridley found that he could curb his mutation, using it when needed and being in control over it. However, when times of stress or anger overcame him, the mutation kicked in, and right shoulder and arm and the right hand side of his neck and face grew strong, stronger than that of a normal human being. He's got a really strong right hand side of his neck and face. What's your... What's your superpower? Invulnerability. What's your power? Super strength. What's your power? I've got a really strong face. What, the whole face? No, just the right hand side of my face. And my neck. Like... Get what I'm trying to explain. Yeah. Get across that his mutation is just on the right side of him, so yeah. he's not a full demon. Sure. But it, yeah. it's worded so poorly. Yeah. Can you tell I never redrafted any of this? <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to Bentley going up against mutated Ridley, though. Does Bentley know that Ridley has the whole demon thingy? Ooh, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm. I feel like he would have investigated the the gang, wouldn't he? They're not the gang. Yeah, well, the trio. Yeah, I like that. Let's call them the trio. Nice. We're coming to the end and we've just finally got a name for them. (laughs) It became coloured. Purples and greens. I don't know why that's so silly, but it is. (laughs) Bumps and pimples ran from the top of his neck and extended right down to his fingertips, covering the scaly-looking skin. Even part of his chest became mutated. (laughs) Bentley couldn't see this change from his position behind the grounded Ridley. Well, surely his arms got bigger and shit like that, right? Maybe he's wearing clothes enough to hide it. And it's a dark alley. True, yes. did establish it was a dark alley. It is a pitch black alley, that's right. (laughs) The detective brought his knee down across Ridley's back, dropping him to the floor. Ridley almost growled, growing in frustration. Now listen to me, boy. If I see you again for the rest of this day, I will kill you. I don't care if I have to do it in the middle of the goddamn crowded street. I will shoot you in the face like a low-down rat that you are. 
<laughs> so I think Ridley's like, oh, man, maybe he's a bit corrupt. So I just... I... <laughs> I did see him choke that child to death. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe he was having a bad day. <laughs> I really enjoy the ways I try and get over how bad Bentley is. It's like, I will literally murder you in front of a crowded street and it'll be fine. So, earlier, though, he said about, like, you don't understand the ways of the world, blah, 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 blah. Do you think it's... Are you going to do the thing where, like... Obviously, this is badly written and completely over the top. In what? Ke- in keeping this is with the rest of it. But... Is he doing the thing where he's actually like an anti-hero and he's doing what has to be done? Like there's some sort of bigger threat or whatever and he's doing what he feels he needs to do in order to thwart that? Well, you've pitched this idea before mm. and I, I do worry that it's it's too subtle for me to be able to do that. Like, it's no like, you know... Good guys are good, yeah. bad guys are bad. It's extremely one-dimensional. Yeah. Except unless you're you know, evil Chip who Obviously. was like just a bit sad, that's why he went evil, you know. <laughs> then there's subtext. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's obviously in league with Grant Maloney, but maybe there'll be a thing where Maloney's controlling him? Or maybe he's, like, taking him down from the inside, or... Mm. But, I mean, he is... He's doing all the bad, corrupt cop things, but I don't know if this is just your bad writing back then. <laughs> like, really getting it across. Like, oh, he's so bad, he's so bad, he's so bad. And then, surprise... I don't think there's going to be a surprise. No, you're you know, right. it's like opening an empty box on Christmas Day. You know, <laughs> that's what my writing is like. That's what it used to be like. I'm better now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mildly. <laughs> Bentley kicked Ridley one last time for good measure. Yet unbeknown to the detective, this had little impact on the mutated side of Ridley's body. Might hit him. Must have hit him in the face or neck. <laughs> he waited for Bentley to leave the alley before standing. He sniffed the air for a few seconds. What are you afraid of, Bentley? Ridley said in a much gruffer than usual voice. Ridley's mutated side had given him aspects of the demon that had poisoned him. He was able to sense certain things. Being able to detect fear was one of them. Bentley was afraid of something, and it wasn't him. Ooh. I like that um, Ridley still does have that control of his mutation in the sense that he can't control mutating mm. but when he's in that form he can still control his urges in a way Yeah, because sure. he could have just gone and ripped Bentley's head off Yeah, but he's like oh you're afraid of something what is that mm. I, maybe I should stalk you some more <laughs> even though you said you'd kill me in the middle of a crowded street but maybe there's just something going on there <laughs> but you're right he sensed fear so yeah maybe. there's something there's lots of <laughs> some intrigue finally <laughs> Ridley looked around the alley Seeing some large pipes, he, he started to pull himself up, using his strong right arm to give him greater height. Uh, kind of makes sense. Like, he pull himself up higher using his mutated arm. That's not what I said, though. <laughs> that's no. why it's a bit confusing. Using his strong right arm to give him greater height. It sort of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's kind of... Better than a lot of the stuff that's been in this. True. Eventually, he made it to the roof of the police station. Looking out, Ridley spotted Bentley walking down the street. The rooftops being so close together, Ridley was able to keep his vigil, hoping from one rooftop to another, <laughs> keep his eyes on the cop below. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so I have to take some responsibility here, because for a long time, I think maybe the whole run, I supposedly proofread these. I think there was a point where you stopped doing that. Ah. I mean, yeah, from the early ones. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, no, yeah. I only, I mean, I only did like typos. Yeah, and but, I mean, there was plenty of them. Revenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they... 
Oh, I would have picked up on that, surely. I'm the mother and you're the father. <laughs> but you're the father that's not around very much. Like, you know, just... I went to get some cigarettes yeah. never came back. <laughs> I like to think, you told me you proofread them, but you read the first sentence once and you were like, nah. Cat <laughs> and Chip had been racing through the desert for a few minutes now, hardly able to see in the dust that was kicking up in front of them. So they're in the place that's got mountains and a desert. And it's like a little bit outside of New York. Yeah, a few hours maybe. Yeah. At most. Slow down! Chip instructed Cat, but she wasn't listening. He kept trying. Cat! Cat, are you listening? Look out! Cat had to be quick to slam her feet onto the brakes of the red convertible. Brakes again spelt incorrectly. The car stopped, narrowly avoiding crashing into three Mini Coopers that were parked up in front of them, swerving to the right. You were right, they did block them off. Mm. A man stood by each of the minis, just waiting. Is it going to be like a Fast and Furious rip-off? Was that around? Was the first one out at that time? It might have been. I can't remember when the first Fast and Furious came out, but I think, yeah, I think it would have been. Yeah. I think I was younger when the first one came out, so... so be like a, a buff, bald guy in a vest. <laughs> a family. Cat <laughs> was the first out of the car, Chip following closely behind. He didn't know what had gotten into her. She was like a woman possessed. Without giving it a second's thought, she marched right over to the three men who continued to watch silently. Cat, wait! Chip tried again, but she wouldn't stop. It came to the point where she was face to face with one of the men. He was a dark-skinned man with no hair and dark shades covering his eyes. He's so cool. Is he Vin Diesel? <laughs> he was wearing dark jeans that matched his skin and a small kimono over the upper half of his body. Well, who wears je- jeans in a kimono? <laughs> Are you just trying to emphasise that he's Asian? Is, Is that what like... I mean? I... Because... I, I don't know if you... I... Well, he's, he's Japanese, therefore he wears a kimono, is probably your thought process. Okay, but would you describe someone with Japanese as being dark-skinned? No, I'm realise this is a very tense area because yeah. of how sort of yeah. not aware of racism I was back in the day yeah. apparently but there's a point that is a point jeans and a kimono driving a Mini Cooper <laughs> what is this cultural mashup? what is happening <laughs> he was wearing dark jeans that matched his skin and small kimono over the upper half of his body the tattoos running down his arms were of dragons snakes and other serpents Cat took an attacking stance, but before she could attack, the man pulled out a strange-looking weapon from a holster. It looked like some form of futuristic shotgun, complete with a round barrel that held six huge shots. He held it in front of Cat's chest. Fast and the Furious from some sort of future <laughs> dimension. Futuristic shotgun! <laughs> Who are these people? Uh-uh. He smiled, revealing several gold teeth mixed in with his pearly whites. Cat. Chip started to say, but the other two men, also pulling out weapons, stopped him. The Chinese-looking guy, in a smart-looking suit, retrieved a pole from a holder on his belt. He swung it once and it opened out, doubling in size. It was a large staff with a blade on each end. Who are these people? What is going on? It's it's got elements of cyberpunk, right? Like cyberpunky stuff, like with the the dude just randomly wearing a kimono, yeah, and all these futuristic weapons. But they drive Mini Coopers, and yes, they're bank robbers, is... and they had assault rifles at one point, but now they've got futuristic <laughs> shotguns and a bladed staff. 
Okay. The final man, standing in the middle of the other two, had long brown hair and a beard that had strange symbols cut into it. He had one yellow eye and one brown one. He wore a huge brown wax jacket <laughs> that made him look like an old-fashioned demon hunter. <laughs> Wait, what? Not like those fucking modern demon hunters. Wait, is is like you had some random like description generator? <laughs> that was me to a T. I was a random description generator. He held a small crossbow in one hand, complete with a long arrow that appeared too big for the bow that was holding it, and several small daggers in his other hand, held individually by each finger. How do you hold a dagger with a single finger? (laughs) What the f- Do you mean like between the fingers? Like sort of poking through? I I must do, because you can't- I know. Grip- Unless they've got like little holes in them, sort of just dangling off his fingers. Or maybe he's got like tentacle-like fingers that he can actually sneak <laughs> around or something. It wouldn't surprise me at this description. This does feel like old school Tamara Gayson. <laughs> just some random bollocks that has been thrown together. <laughs> that you thought, vaguely thought was cool. Yeah. I mean, they're not even on theme. They're not like a gang or anything like that. They don't yeah. match. They're just three weird dudes. <laughs> Welcome, Cat. Chip. The black man holding the gun said, My name's Rodney. <laughs> Oh, oh no, not Rodney. Where's Del Boy? There's a... <laughs> and whatever the fuck, the granddad, Albert. <laughs> Drop the Mini Coopers for three wheeled vans. <laughs> these are the cyberpunk only fools and horses. <laughs> Put your futuristic shotgun in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fetch a bladed star from the van. The Mini Coopers. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh my god. Welcome, Cat. Chip. The black man holding the gun said, My name's Rodney. These are my associates, Lie and William. We've been expecting you. Looks that way. Chip said, Bit of a detailed plan. Robber bank, get us to chase you all the way out here so you could. What, kill us? That, that's their plan. I I don't know. I, Chip's leaping to some conclusions here. Like, he's always been thrown off by the fact that three men from Peckham <laughs> dress the way they are. No, Neo-Peckham. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> oh, I want to write, oh. write Cyberpunk Only Falls on Horses now. Please do. Please. Just, just a short story. They get all these, like, cyber, these augmentations to their body that never work because they got them for like a fiver. That's what we can do when the podcast finishes. We'll write fucking Cyberpunk Only Falls on Horses. Oh, boy. Looks that way. Chip said. Bit of a detailed plan. Rob a bank, get us to chase you all the way out here. So you could, what, kill us? Now, now. Rodney smiled again, never taking his eyes off Cat. If we answer that question, we'll be giving away too much of our plan. We're supposed to buy that crap that you've been expecting us? Cat asked aggressively. Pretty girl, isn't she? Rodney still kept his eyes firmly fixed on Cat, but spoke to Chip. Shame about her mind. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, hang on. <laughs> is he like, oh, you know, beauty's only the outer. Or what I like. I is think a... he's saying that she looks good, but she's dumb. 
And Chip's probably like, yeah, yeah, mate, yeah. We should have met Tifa. <laughs> Shame about her mind. Yes, you're supposed to buy it because it's the truth. How else would we know your names? We get around. Figured you might have heard of us. Was Kat's response. Grand Maloney sends <gasps> his regards. Ronnie finally looked at Chip, whose jaw nearly dropped. I knew it! The ninja almost squealed. <laughs> knew it! <laughs> but yeah, he's like, I'm fucking justified. Mm. Everyone said there was no such thing as Grant Maloney, <laughs> even though <laughs> I gave them no reason to doubt me. <laughs> and look, here we are. The futuristic Only Fools and Horses boys have got us trapped in the desert and the mountains three hours outside of New York. It all makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Still in his mutated form, Ridley made his way quietly, yet quickly, through the back streets of New York. Bentley was still making his way through the busy crowds. Ridley had been able to track him, still sensing the fear which flowed off the detective in waves. It was growing, too. It seemed nearly every block, Bentley became more and more afraid. Mm, so, what's something going on here? Walking a little further, Ridley felt the trail go a little cold. Bentley had stopped. Looking around, Ridley spotted a fire escape on an old building and started to climb. When he reached the top, he walked over to the other side and tried to locate the detective's position. No, Ridley said. It can't be. Across the street was the antique shop Chip and Ridley had visited just a few weeks back in an attempt to help Jay. But there's no such thing as Grant Maloney. (laughs) He's like the Tooth Fairy or the Easter Bunny. Bentley was just stepping inside. Ridley ran back to the fire escape and made his way down quickly. He went to sprint across the street towards the antique shop, but stopped quickly. His left hand reached up to his face, and he could feel the bumps and lumps caused by his mutation. He looked down at his right hand and sighed. The puddles on the alley floor showed his reflection. Catching a glimpse of himself in the puddle, Ridley kicked out with a growl, sending water splashing over the alleyway wall. Closing his eyes, Ridley began to breathe deeply. Within a few moments, the mutation began to subside, and he became completely human once more. Now he moved again, slowly out into the open, making his way over to the antique shop, being ever vigilant not to step within full view of the shop. When he eventually made it across the street, Ridley pushed his body next to the wall on the side of the antique shop. Peering around, he could see Bentley standing inside, looking at a few items. The shop door had been left open, and Ridley could just about overhear a man's voice. That's good, because if you're going for a meeting with a, you know, an all-powerful evil man, mm-hmm. you want to leave the door ajar so people can hear your conversation? <laughs> Unless mm. Bentley knows Ridley is following him Ooh. and he wants to let him know what's going on. It's probably not that. Again, no. it's probably too much of a good idea. Yeah. Detective, very good to see you again. Bentley let out a deep breath and turned, extending his hand. A man stood in front of Bentley, just within Ridley's view. He didn't look anything special. Appeared to be in his thirties with combed-over brown hair. His black suit was nicely ironed, but didn't look particularly expensive. This is the same description we gave him when we met him the first time. It is, it is. Whenever you describe a suit, it has to be, you have to describe how expensive it looks. (laughs) The dirty shop window and an item on the shelf in front of the window obscured his facial details. Ridley saw Bentley extend his hand, but the other man didn't extend the same action, so the detective withdrew the offer. (laughs) Just so you didn't shake his hand. (laughs) Mr Maloney. Pleasure to see you again too, sir. Bentley spoke politely. Holy shit! Ridley started to say before covering his dropped jaw with his hand. He's real! 
Chip was almost celebrating. <laughs> I told you he was. I told you there was more to this than was being let on, but did anyone listen to me? Oh no, I'm just a trained demon killer, a ninja who saved the world from total devastation on numerous occasions, a man who's seen more in his life than most people will see in their entire existence, the man with the most experience at dealing with strange goings on. But did anyone pay any attention when I said Groat Maloney was real and a danger? Did anyone listen to my gut instinct? Did they hell? <laughs> Chip got his priorities straight. This is actually the this is the most you thing that's happened. Like you'd never stalk anyone, you wouldn't try and end the world, but you celebrating being right and everyone else being wrong, even in the middle of people holding guns and bladed staffs at you, would would happen. I cannot you'd deny be like, any of this. You'd be like, worth it, <laughs> getting shot, worth it, I'm right, doesn't matter, bleeding out on the desert, <laughs> still right, <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Chip! Cat snapped. Shut up! My, my, Chip. Rodney said, you're quite excitable, aren't you? The three men, who earlier had robbed a bank in New York, had been chased down by Cat and Chip and now held them up with a variety of different weaponry, were still holding their ground. They had yet to make a strike and seemed unfazed by Chip's little outburst. The ninja studied the look on their faces as he calmed down a little. They were primed, ready for any strike. They were waiting for he and Cat to make the first move, and he knew their counter-attack would be deadly. So I guess this is why Cat received a mysterious bank card, was is so that it could get her into a bank that then could someone could rob and they knew Cat would steal a car pick up Chip and then chase after them into the mountain deserts I don't know <laughs> I don't know oh what a wicked web Grant Maloney weaves so you work for Grant Maloney he asked no we do not work for him we serve him Rodney replied any idea why he wants us dead other than the fact we stopped his little attempt at letting loose a virus on New York on New Year's Eve he's not a vengeful man Chip at heart, he's a businessman who only wants one thing. And what would that be? Power. Lai spoke for the first time. Chip looked at the Chinaman holding the staff with the large blades on either end. Sizing up the situation, Chip figured he could leave Lai until last. He had no doubt all three men were skilled. They didn't appear to be amateurs in any way, shape or form. Judging the distance, Chip might be able to make it across to William and disarm him before he could load another arrow into his crossbow. Whether or not Chip could avoid the arrow penetrating his flesh was a different matter. What worried Chip most of all was the barrel being held by Cat's chest. Any firearm at that range would be fatal, and the thing Rodney held looked like it could blast an elephant out of the sky! (laughs) 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 Out of the sky, all those flying elephants. With, With a futuristic shotgun. This cyberpunk future is bizarre. Flying elephants over the skies of Neo Peckham <laughs> being shot by futuristic shotguns. Oh dear. Please someone draw that for us. In twenty seventy seven <laughs> the flying elephants attacks. <laughs> then an idea hit Chip. It would be risky, but it might just provide the opening required to save his and cat life. He put his hands in his pockets and started to pace a little. I quite enjoy Chip's little thought process there, mm. even if his metaphors are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, kind of, you know, working out in his ninja mind. Tactician, ninja yeah, tactics. Yeah, it's cool. Let me see if I've got this right. He said, this bloke, Grant Maloney, 
He's the type that likes to meddle in powers of darkness and the like, thinking he can gain his power by using demon forces to take over the world. You missed the point completely, Rodney said. I don't think so. I know the type. Power can go to a man's head. Trust me when I say that. Maloney's big schemes involve taking down New York with a deadly virus, created in some evil laboratory somewhere, incurable. If all goes well, he's taken out one of the biggest cities in the world. If it fell through, he had the terrorist excuse to fall back on. The chap I fought in the Statue of Liberty, he was well trained. Quick too. So Maloney must have access to a great number of henchmen, like yourselves. How am I doing so far? You are misled, Chip, my friend. Mr. Maloney, he doesn't seek power. He is power. And we are not henchmen, as you put it. We are assassins. Ain't that something, Cap? Shut up! Chip was a little worried. Cat hadn't made a move yet, but when Chip made his distraction, would she take the opening and avoid being shot? It was a risk, but one that had to be taken. <laughs> so Cat is the elephant in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, deadly assassins. How about you do your job then and kill me? Chip took his hands out of his pocket, keeping both fists closed. He opened up his arms, making his chest a target. First, we do our job. Rodney looked at Cat and smiled. Is Cat the target? I guess. But then they're there to kill them both, so I don't understand. Unless they know about Chip because they know about the trio. Or um, yeah. they didn't know Cat would pick Chip up along yes, the way. Yeah. Ah. Chip didn't have time to worry about the details now. With Rodney not paying attention to him, the ninja threw his right hand forward, releasing a cluster of throwing stars. Two of these landed in Rodney's arm, forcing him to drop his weapon. Cat took this opportunity, swing her fist, knocking Rodney flying backwards. William had already fired his crossbow, which Chip narrowly avoided by going into a forward roll and getting back to his feet, springing forward, ready to take William out. But Lai blocked his pathway. The assassin had moved faster than Chip could anticipate and clotheslined Chip with his staff, knocking the ninja to the floor. Lai swung the blade around, creating some momentum, and tried to slice through Chip's gut. Chip moved quickly and rolled to his feet, but again Lai met him straight away. This time, Chip grabbed hold of the staff, and the two grappled for a position for a few moments. The ninja suddenly froze, a crossbow aimed at point-black range. Um, cat? He said. She didn't hear. Cat was too busy laying right hands into the face of Rodney. Ooh, so is Chip going to get shot in the face with a crossbow? Or it might just be that he gets held hostage. Or yeah. Maybe Cat maybe will get shot and left for dead. Ooh. And they leave Chip alone because they're dastardly. <laughs> and they just want to see him suffer or some sort yeah, of bad guy some plot. bullshit, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think Chip kind of underestimated how quick they could be? Yeah, I mean, clearly he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you know, Chip made reference to fighting Tarek in the Statue of Liberty, mm. and he was seemingly enhanced with sort of mm. strength and speed, so I wonder if these guys have been as well? I think so. Ooh. From what my sources tell me, I owe you a debt of thanks. Maloney spoke to Bentley, with Ridley still listening outside. Nah, you don't owe me anything. Bentley replied. Of course not. You didn't just shoot Tarek to keep my name away from the ninja, though. I bet at least half of you did it to save New York. Ooh. A wrinkle? Ain't much I can do about that. I saw an opportunity, and I took it. Bentley's voice rose a little, as if trying to sound brave. Of course, and I am grateful, don't get me wrong. But it'll prove academic. The ninja won't be a problem for much longer. 
Ridley wondered just what Maloney meant by that. By the sounds of things, Grant Maloney knew as more of Chip than Chip knew of him. You're taking him out? Bentley asked. He'll die trying to protect the girl, no doubt. The girl? Ridley thought. He could only mean one person. Cat. What happens next? What do you need from me? I'll let you know, Detective. In the meantime, just keep doing what you're doing. Bentley nodded and went to exit the antique shop. Ridley quickly backed away, making sure not to be seen by Bentley as he left. When the coast was clear, Ridley peered into the shop window once again. Maloney was nowhere to be seen. Damn it! Ridley said to himself, edging back from the shop. I've got to warn him! He started to run, heading towards Chip's apartment. He had no way of telling if he and Cat were back from whatever it was they'd been doing. Alright, so confirms 100% Bentley in league with Maloney. And Ridley's like, hmm, <laughs> what does this mean? Ridley is going to get hold of Chip and be like, you were right. And Chip's going to be like, yeah, that's right, say it again, tell me again. Cat still continued to pummel a grounded Rodney. Chip looked over at her and then glances at the arrow being point towards his head. He closed his eyes, expecting the end. But William turned the arrow around and aimed at Cat's back. Cat, look out! Chip yelled, still grappling with Lie. Stopping punching, Cat turned to Chip's direction. She stood still as William prepared to fire. Just before he pulled the trigger, Chip snapped William's leg by kicking out at the base of his knee, bending it in ways it wasn't meant to. The arrow went flying into the air. This gave Lie the advantage in his fight. He pushed Chip back and took a swing at his staff. It cut Chip, drawing blood. But luckily, the ninja had managed to step back a little, avoiding any deep, fatal wounds. Cat turned he attentions back to Rodney. As she went to land another right hand, he caught her fist and turned it, snapping it in three different places. He twisted it again, adding to the break. Ouch. She let out a yell and countered with a kick to the gut creating a bit of space between her and Rodney. She's hardcore. She just had her fucking wrist broken in four places. <laughs> <laughs> She's here like, kick. <laughs> I mean, Rodney's just had his face punched in like a half a dozen it's times. So... Well, I guess they're both super hard in mysterious ways. There probably. you go. And that's how we get around that problem. <laughs> Lie spun the staff in his hands. Chip watched the blades turn faster and faster, waiting for a strike. As it came, Chip avoided it by switching his body weight to one leg, moving his body by only a few centimetres, but it was enough to avoid the lunge. Being as quick as he was, Lai quickly turned a miss into attack, spinning on his heel and using the staff to take Chip's legs out from underneath him. He tried to follow this up by crushing the ninja's ribs with a vicious knee drop, but not for the first time, Chip was able to roll out of the way, kipping up and catching Lai on the side of the head with a kick. Rodney got back to his feet and tackled Cat down to the ground from behind. You're well trained, girl, but you should have completed your training. You should have stayed at the facility. Ooh! Shut up! Cat cried out. He liked you, you know that. He waited for your return. He's still waiting now. Mm. We are learning. We are learning things. She threw her head back, headbutting Rodney in the face, releasing his grip. She turned and tried to land a seven-punch combo. Only three connected. The assassin brought his knee up into Cat's gut and then brought both fists down on the back of her head before throwing her across the floor. Oh, that's a sentence apparently, just that. (laughs) She was covered in dust now and landed beside the fallen William. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a small blade. Still screaming in pain, William lunged forward, intending to cut Cat's neck. 
She caught his hand and quickly turned the blade back on him, piercing his heart with the blade. William died, blood dripping from his mouth. Rodney appeared and dragged Cat to her feet. She swung with the blade, missing, allowing Rodney the chance to connect with a jump kick, knocking her to the floor. She dropped the blade. Still spinning the blade as fast as he could, Lie had created an almost whirlwind. The blades going round at such speed that Chip was unable to penetrate it. He looked at Lie, searching for the faintest of openings. It didn't come. Still Chip watched. When it didn't come, he just stopped and opened up his arms to Lie, as if to say, What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what? Lie... Realising nothing was happening, slowed down and then flipped out with his staff. I guess because Lai's in a defensive position and Chip's not attacking, so they're sure. just looking at each other. Sure. He's trying to get he's trying to goad Lai into attacking. Yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Chip ducked underneath and went behind Lai, throwing body shots in the Chinaman's ribs. Lai countered with an elbow that busted Chip's nose open. He pushed the staff into Chip's face, who countered with a double kick, followed by a spinning kick, pushing Lai back but not off his feet. I think Lai's the badass of the group, to be honest. Well, he does have a giant fucking staff with spears <laughs> on it. Yeah, but he's going one-on-one with the ninja. <laughs> Rodney and Cat continued to exchange blows. Eventually, Cat pushed Rodney back, then connected with a massive kick that sent the assassin flying on the way back, crashing through the windscreen of one of the minis. She scrambled on the floor and picked up the blade, throwing it. The blade connected with its target, whistling past Chip's right ear and passing through Lai's skull, piercing his brain. How big is that blade? (laughs) (laughs) He fell down, dead. Chip, tired from the battle, looked back at Cat and gave a nod of thanks. She ignored it, instead choosing to survey the devastation. Her... Her her herd flinched as if she had just acquired a bad migraine. (laughs) God damn it. I'm guessing she got shot in the back by Rodney or something. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I think she's just hurt from the fight and she's just feeling the pain, like the oh, adrenaline's eased I off see, slightly. It's just, her herd flinched. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, the roar of a car engine being fired up could be heard in the deserted land. That's what we call the desert. <laughs> the deserted land. Chip looked to see Rodney sitting inside the green mini, tearing away, throwing up a cloud of dust. The ninja quickly raced to the red convertible he had travelled in and fired up the engine. Cat, come on! He yelled out to his friend. When she didn't come, he turned to see. She was knelt down on the floor, looking at the blood on her hands, and then at the bodies. Cat? Chip asked again. Just go! Stop him! She replied meekly. But just go! Cat's voice was filled with venom and pain. Chip had never seen her like this before and wanted to jump out of the car and go over to her. He looked forwards and could just about see the green Mini Cooper on the horizon, driving back toward the highway from which it had come. Chip looked back again. Cat was gone. He, wait. I know. <laughs> Hang she on. just disappeared in the middle of a desert. <laughs> she must be hiding behind one of the mountains. <laughs> Chip looked back again. Cat was gone. He jumped up in his seat, standing on the leather interior, and looked around the deserted open area. She was not there. I, I like to think she's just hiding behind a small rock, and he can see, 
he's just so embarrassed for her. He's like, oh, I guess cat's gone. You know, like when a little kid holds their hands over their head, yeah, over yeah. their eyes, like, oh, you can't see me. It's like, oh, where have you gone, cat? It's, I mean, there's a whole thing about superheroes, like especially Batman just being yeah. able to disappear, and you're like, oh, where could he go? But normally it's in like a, a, a dark area or the crowded city or something. There's a vague hint that there is somewhere yeah. they could hide. Yeah, this is just a desert. <laughs> a big fucking open desert next to the mountains. <laughs> <sighs> Chip looked back again. Cat was gone. He jumped up in his seat, standing on the leather interior, and looked around the deserted open area. She was not there. Damn it. Chip reluctantly jumped back down into his seat and slammed the car into first, speeding off into the distance after Rodney. From her position behind a large rock close to the mountains... <laughs> she ran really fast. <laughs> she is literally hiding behind a rock. From her position behind a large rock close to the mountains, Cat watched Chip drive away. She came out of her hiding place and picked up the staff that had been dropped by the now dead lie. Cat walked back to the rock and a little further until she came to a small cliff edge that had about a ten foot drop. Off in the distance she could see four men running towards her, all carrying very distinct weapon again. Mm -hmm. Ooh, more assassins. Let them come, she said to herself, bringing the staff up and adopting the attack position. And come they did. And that's where we're going to end American Job Part 2. Well, what do we think of that episode, MC? Finally have some backstory for Kat. Yeah, that was kind of the coolest bit in a way, yeah. was the uh, hints that she is part of Grant Maloney's trained assassin yeah. facility or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, we finally know why. It sort of it gives context for all her training, her powers, her expertise, all, all that stuff. Yeah, although we still don't know how Maloney does it, and yeah. we don't know why Kat broke free. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but obviously Maloney thinks Kat knows too much and wants to get rid of her so concocted this really elaborate plan this is the man that tried to spread a virus through New York but what he's done is create a bank robbery made Kat go into the bank with a bank card yeah knowing that she would chase them into the desert mountains yeah so they could kill her <laughs> yeah and possibly didn't did or didn't know that Chip was going to be there as well also yeah yeah you think he could have done it like just if he knows where she lives in an abandoned building where she lives alone he could have just blown it up yeah anything yeah like, yeah just stabbed her in her sleep i guess maybe that's why what Dwayne mccarthy was then as well Dwayne mccarthy must be in league with maloney i guess maybe he's trying that was him trying to bring cat back into the fold yeah because i think mccarthy didn't make hints towards that at the mm -hmm. time um, but maybe he's just given up on that now. Mm. And now there's four other assassins coming for her. Mm -hmm. Bit of a cliffhanger there. And Literally, she's on a cliff. She's holding a, a staff with her wrist that's been broken <laughs> like three, four times. Is it, do you reckon in the next episode we're going to see Cat fight them? Or is it going to be like, and Cat survived a really tough battle? Ooh, good point. Yeah, yeah I think probably that. There is, I don't know if there's much point. Well, I mean, that doesn't stop me before. True. This whole thing has no point, MC. True. But also, the other the other important thing is that Chip was right. Yes. The most important takeaway factor from of this the episode. the entire series. <laughs> and he's chasing down Rodden now as well. He is. I do wonder, because we are rapidly getting to the end towards the season. Mm. So I wonder if this is just going to be one long run now of, like, you know, they're chasing the assassins and then they'll go right after Maloney or anything mm. like that. Because we still kind of don't know what his end game is. Is he just a money, power-grabbing, hungry bastard? Well, he, he said that he wants power. Or he is power. So yeah. I guess that kind of indicates 
whether that's like he is so powerful or mm. it's like he himself is intrinsically powerful in yeah. a magical, demonic, ghostly, supernatural way. What I wonder is, um, we kind of made the, the comparison between this and Tamora Gason, where yeah. it's just ordinary men at the yeah, moment yeah, doing yeah. things. But maybe Maloney doesn't have such an endgame, he just likes power. Mm. Like, he hasn't got like, oh, I'm going to end the world kind of thing, he's mm. just like an evil, he's Jeff Bezos basically, you know, yeah. and they'll take him down or try and take him down because he is evil. Not that he has any distinct sure. evil plans, he just has a controlling instinct, harms a lot of people. Obviously, I mean, maybe he takes orphans and trains them to be assassins or something. Yeah, could be, could be. He's just an evil guy, and that would be kind of different. It'd be make a change from yet another end of the world. Yeah, yeah, we don't need another apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we see what next week's episode is called, MC? Let's. Next week's episode is called Hunted. So, just loads of assassins going after Chip and Cat, maybe? Ooh, maybe. That'd be cool, just a, like one long chase fight scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure I'll handle that very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've got any theories as to how this season is going to go for the rest of the last few episodes, did you know there's numerous ways in which you can get in touch? You can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash Podcast, And we're on Twitter at HowIRiptOff. And you can find our entire back catalogue on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Mm. And if you're from the future and you want to let us know how accurate the depiction of Neo Peckham was, uh, please do so in the form of a rating and review. Because it's good to know what we need to uh, look forward to or fear in the future. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Warn us. Yeah, come and leave us more uh, five-star reviews than Cyberpunk has at the moment. <laughs> Well, MC, this mm. is normally the point of the episode where I'd make some awful segue into leaving us a five-star rating, and I have just done that. <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> I need to bring the fans of the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast show... Thousands of them. <laughs> ...some a sad update. Mm. So we've just finished this recent episode of Chip. Um, don't worry, we're not dying or anything. <laughs> just... <laughs> just <whatever> we, <laughs> we start a GoFundMe for... No, it's Chip's much worse. <laughs> big penis disease. Well, now they know you're lying. Um, no, the very sad news is, and I knew this quite early on, but didn't want to kind of spoil the show at the start of sure, the spin-off sure, in sure. season four of Tomorrow Gason. But Teenage Chip was an idiot as we know, <laughs> and never finished writing mm. these last seasons, mm-hmm. which is such a shame because we're not too far from the end. And we kind of made note of like how it seems like I was burnt out in my writing mm-hmm. and just wanted to get mm-hmm. it over. And clearly you were. Yeah, because I never finished it. Yeah. Um. So there are no more episodes of Chip. We are, I think it's four away from the end of the season. Oh, God. Uh, we have one more tomorrow Gason to do. So mm-hmm. part one and part two of that will mm-hmm. follow. Mm-hmm. But for Chip... Uh, we opened up the WordPad file because there was another WordPad which uh, the next episode hunted, mm-hmm. but it's like a page long. Because oh, uh, that was where I got to. It was literally the point where I got to. I don't know why I did a Tamora Gason first, though, because that's kind of run the wrong way in terms of the timelines. But anyway. <laughs> who, who can understand Tino's ship's writing process? <laughs> We've tried many times. <laughs> uh, but the point being is that there is no more okay. uh, chip. And there is one more episode or two more episodes of Tamora Gason to go, and then that is done as well. Mm-hmm. So... But. We had yes, we had a discussion about this, and we said about well, should I maybe go and finish it and write it now? But we kind of realised too it... good a writer, like in, <laughs> in the least conceited way, you have improved as a writer. I, I'm and definitely you can't better. Get back into that teenage ship mindset. No, and I could try and write it bad, which again I think I could do, but it, would it wouldn't feel a be bit the forced, same. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. So here is how it's going to play out for the end of the podcast. Mm. 
what I do have is um, we used to do a thing called the notes where we'd look through the old notebook that I had um, before we realised that was really boring content and stopped making that. <laughs> but don't worry, we're doing it again. <laughs> we're doing it again, but purely because I did plan out the, the end of these seasons. Mm. And on top of that, I have a bunch of notes that I made on season two of Chip and season five of Tomorrow Gason, mm. which I intended to be the end anyway. Mm. So we are gonna, what we're going to do in the next episode of Chip next Monday is we're going to go through the notebook and we're just going to see how the season would have finished. Mm-hmm. We'll read through the notes and try and maybe just fill in some of the blanks to see how the characters would have reacted and stories would have gone. At least you can get some closure to the end of the, the Exactly. Part. Yeah, we'll work out how it would have finished. Then we'll finish off uh, part one and part two of the episode of Tomorrow Gation that we have and then we'll do the same there. We'll go mm-hmm. through the notes to see how that finished. Then we'll have an episode for each show where we'll go through the notes for season one, uh, season two of Chip and season five of Tomorrow Gason, mm-hmm. which is very sort of just rough ideas, slightly planned out episodes. There's not a lot to go on there. But mm-hmm. I, in my head, I kind of remember how it was all going to end. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have one final episode where it's just a wrap up mm-hmm. of everything. And we'll talk about the show and how it made us feel terrible and uh, <laughs> kind of say goodbye. Mm. And what I was thinking was if anyone wants to get in touch and just kind of give their thoughts on the show, maybe have a little goodbye themselves or mm-hmm. anything like that. Like I realise you're going to a... be a difficult time for everyone <laughs> listening. I know. <laughs> oh, if it's 2020, couldn't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just get in touch. You know, you know the numerous ways we've literally just said them. Get in touch and uh, yeah, just give us some thoughts on the show. That'd be nice to read some of those out. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, we're going to get into this more as we get into the end. But sad news, um, it's going to be a shame that the podcast is ending, and especially ending like this without a proper ending as yeah, well. It's yeah. like, but kind of fitting because that's how Angel kind of ended. Mm. They got cancelled quite late on. They had to rewrite the end, and you it were just, just sort of ripping ended. off Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> or Angel again in this case. You were just at the end of the notebook is like cancelled by Fox. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. It's not the end of the podcast. We're about to get cancelled <laughs> by Fox. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you for sticking with us for all these years that we've been oh doing this God. now and so many hundreds of episodes. Um, but yeah, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. We'll go through the end of the season for Chip and see what happened. Mm.